0: In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I have this suitcase with me today, not because I'm going on a trip, but because I would like us all together to imagine that we are. Uh, Maybe you don't have to imagine, actually, that we're going together. Maybe that would just stress you out. Imagine you are going on a trip. And after you, let's imagine that you are going somewhere warm, somewhere beachy, somewhere tropical. I think that sounds nice, right? It's Just give me a few days, a, a short, maybe long weekend trip. Now, I know there are some of you out there today who are not like me. Uh, You are light packers, and so all you need to do to do your packing is grab one of those plastic grocery bags and stick in a T-shirt and a stick of deodorant, and a pair of flip-flops, and you would be good to go. Uh, But if you're like me, you need something a little bit more substantial. And so you you grab your suitcase and you begin to load it up. uh, And you're loading it with lots of things. It's going to be very full. Uh, But the, the reality is most of those things you probably don't need. But maybe you have your mother's voice going through your mind telling you to be ready for any circumstance. And so you pack t-shirts and shorts because that's what you wear to a warm tropical place. But you also are packing sweatshirts and hoodies, warm fuzzy socks and pairs of jeans. You never know, it might get cool at night. You're, you're packing makeup that you'll probably never wear, but who knows, maybe you'll get invited to some swanky beach party or You've got little tools in the bag just in case something breaks, maybe one of those little mini pairs of scissors or tweezers or one of those little screwdriver sets that, that can solve just about anything. Maybe you have gadgets and gizmos to occupy your time with as you travel and in your down moments. Your bag, let's imagine, is, well,
1: it's, it's almost bursting at the seams.
0: You're maybe even a little worried that you'll make security, but you do. And as
1: full as that bag,
0: you get up onto the plane and and you're on your way. When you do make it to your destination, whatever beachy, tropical place sounds good to you, you, you don't have time to check into the hotel, no, no time for that, so you go straight for the beach, and you set down your bag, and you begin to open it up, and you're looking for the things you really need, and, and you're pulling everything out, and, and now you're realizing how silly it was that you brought those six extra pairs of socks and the hoodies and the jackets. You're never gonna need those, that's obvious now. You're pretty sure you're never gonna wear this makeup, you're not gonna need these little tools, and all of the gadgets and gizmos probably aren't good for much. just get sand in them anyway. but you've, you've piled all of this stuff that filled your bag up and you put it off to the side, but now you realize you have a problem, uh, an epic, epic problem. And your issue is that you have forgotten the, the few things that you actually need for a, a trip like this. You've forgotten the, 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 the only requirements for spending time at the beach. You've forgotten to pack your swimsuit and a towel. And you, you have so much. Your, your bag, at least at one point, was full, but, but now you realize that for everything you have, it's almost like you have nothing because you don't have the one thing you need. That is not a good feeling. Maybe you've been there, you've, you've packed for a trip, and you like me, you overpack, and you got to your destination realizing you forgot one or two crucial things. It's a, it's a feeling of worry and panic. It's a feeling of frustration and anger. Like, why did you do that? It's not a good feeling. Uh, I bring all that up and I have us imagine that whole scenario uh, for for this reason because I I think that's where the Corinthians were at in our reading for today. I don't mean that they were at the beach on a vacation but but in many ways as we've seen the last few weeks what Paul has been reminding them of is that in in many ways their lives are full. They have filled themselves up and, and we've talked about all of those different things that fill their lives personally and together as the church. Uh, They have filled their lives up with these amazing spiritual gifts they can prophesy they can heal they can do miraculous wonders they can speak in tongues within their midst they have as as Paul mentioned last week disciples and apostles evangelists and teachers administrators their church was full of important people it it seemed from the outside looking in as though they had everything they had accumulated so many good and godly things gifts from above, And yet Paul's point today is that although they had so much, although their lives were so full, they missed and lacked the one thing they needed, and that was love. And Paul says all this because he realizes that it's dangerous for them. It's, it's dangerous for them to have so many spiritual things, as good as those things were, but to be missing the one thing you need, that, that love. And that was a danger to them, but it's also a danger to us. Uh, The truth is that all of us, I think on some level, maybe we don't always say it or speak it or even think it, but we recognize that there is a void in our life, a hole, uh, a space that we're trying to fill. And our world, as you know, would have us fill it with all sorts of stuff, uh, materialistic junk, homes and cars and clothes and money, uh, but, but that's actually not what Paul is talking about today. That's not his warning. Today he's speaking uh, about the danger of sp- uh, filling your life with spiritual things, things that we might pat ourselves on the back about and, and feel pretty good about. He's, he's warning us against those of us who might try to fill our lives with the with of Scripture. You know, those of us who might devote time each day to read God's Word and and maybe you're one of those people that even reads the notes at the bottom of the page and Paul's warning is that those things are good. It's good to fill your life with study to try to wrap your mind around God and know him better but you can do all that. You can fill your life in that way and yet if you don't have love, you don't have anything. His point is that some of us today are maybe trying to fill our lives with prayer. We consider ourselves to be prayer warriors. We devote ourselves to it. We take Paul's words seriously to pray without ceasing. We, we learn from and listen to the prayers of ancient brothers and sisters to glean from their wisdom. Uh, for others of us, maybe we fill our lives with obedience. We try to follow God's will and, and do what he says. Or maybe we, we, we try to fill our lives with sacrificial service or, or generosity in our giving. We're big donors and givers. And again, don't get me wrong, all of those things are good and there are things that Christians do, but Paul's point is today that you can fill your life with all of that stuff, as good as it might be, but if you don't have love, then then your everything is nothing and your fullness is actually emptiness. Uh, This is what Paul says. Uh, This is how he puts it. If you'd like to follow along with me, you can flip to our reading from 1 Corinthians 13. And this is how, how he puts it. Again, he's, he's serious about this. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, our second line down, Paul writes this. He says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing if I give all I possess to the poor and give up my body to hardships that I may boast. And, and what Paul's actually saying there, that's kind of lost in our translation. He's, he says at the end there that even if he should sacrifice his life, even if he should die as a martyr, burned at the stake or hung up on a cross like his Lord was, even if he would make that most ultimate of sacrifices, but does not have love, that he would have Nothing. I I believe that from beginning to end, throughout the Scripture, God presents us with two options, uh, two paths that we can walk down that that, that would lead to him. Uh, Option number one is the one that the Corinthians had chosen. And it's the way that many of us have found ourselves wandering down to. It's, It's the way of doing. It's the way of striving. It's the way of succeeding. That's the way of the Corinthians, where, where they had gathered up all of those good things and held them in their arms and in their hearts and brought them to God and said, Look, Lord, look at all that I have. Look at what I've been become. Look at what I've accumulated. Check out my plaques on the wall. Do you see my spiritual accomplishments? Have you checked out the, our, our church's webpage to see all the things we've done? It, it's a way of bringing to God us and, and our accomplishments and saying, Lord, you must be pleased. Don't you love me with all that I have? The thing about that way of living, option number one, is, is that if you're going to walk that way, God says you've you got to do it perfectly. <laughs> he doesn't accept our best efforts, our best shots, a, a good and honest try. He says, no, no, do it 100%. And, and the reality is, uh, all of us walking that way will always come up just short, Well, some of us will come up really short, but some of you will come up just short no matter how hard you try. Even the best of us and our most obedient days, we will never fulfill that law perfectly. We we will never know if we've accumulated enough or done enough or or have enough to offer him. And and so God, in his wonderful grace and mercy, has has offered us a a different way, maybe a a somewhat more unnatural way, but a much more beautiful way. It's, It's the way not of striving doing and accumulating, but, but the way of trusting and, and receiving. It. Not bringing all of our stuff to God, as good as it might be, as spiritual as it might see, and saying, look, Lord, look what I've done. But it's, it's the way where God comes to us and say, you, you look at what I've done. The second way is the way of grace. It's the way of forgiveness. It's the way of the cross. It's the way of Jesus. And ultimately, what we're reminded of today is that this way is the way of love. And Paul says that's the way to God. That's the way to Him, to see Him, to be with Him both now and for eternity. It is only through God's love that you will get to where you want to be, through that cross-shaped love, through that sacrifice of love. That's the way to God. And, and you can have and do and be so many other things. And we are, as Christians, we do pray and, and read our Bibles and, and give and serve and, and respond in obedience. But God says, without love, <laughs> none of that else matters for much. I want to show you something that I think captures this. It's actually a commercial that was shown around Mother's Day a few years ago. So some of you uh, might recognize it. It's a commercial for Pandora jewelry. And uh, in the commercial, you're going to see some moms lined up. And in the commercial, you're going to see their children. And you're going to watch as their children find their way towards their mothers. And in in many ways, I think this commercial wonderfully captures, and I don't think they meant for this to happen, but it, it captures the bond of love that that we, God's children, have with our Creator and, and how God draws us to Himself by that love. So let me, let me show you this. breathing See how the, the love that those moms had for their kids was almost like a magnet drawing them in. Uh, although they couldn't see, they were blindfolded, they were kind of stumbling around. And the, the, the commercial actually continues for some time, uh, it was much longer than that, and they show kid after kid just kind of making their way to mom, guided by really nothing more than that mom's love. And, and that's how it is for us as God's children. There, there's nothing else that will bring us to his presence and get us to where we want to be than God's love. That love which we see on the cross is, is the only love and it makes us who we are and it brings us to his eternal presence. Our brothers and sisters, that is an amazing love that frees us from the doing and striving and achieving and succeeding, the, the conquering. And because we have that freedom, because we have that joy, what, what Paul says today is that there's only one thing left for us to do. Now, there are a lot of things that Christians do, of course. We do pray, we do study the Scriptures, we do give, we do obey, all of those things, of course. But what Paul says today is is that the one thing necessary is for us to open up our lives after we have been filled uh, to the fullness of that love is is to to almost open up the spigot of our hearts and to let that love come out. Uh, To simply reflect the love that we have so, so overwhelmingly Receive The love that brings us to our Savior, we share with those around us. And what I really love about our passage today is, is that God doesn't make us fumble around in the dark to figure out what that love looks like. Uh, because I don't know if you've wondered this. I know I have. When, when God says something like, you ought to love your neighbor as yourself, well, sometimes I wonder, what does that mean? You know, pr- practically, tangibly speaking, how do I love my neighbor? Uh, what, if I have two options, how do I know which one is the loving thing? And God doesn't just leave us alone to figure that out. He kind of fleshes it out. He, he draws us a picture of that love. And so I'm going to read for you now uh, what that love looks like. Again, you can follow along in your bulletin. It, I'm going to pick up right where I left off the last time. Uh, again, these are familiar words. In many ways, though, I, I think what they do is... They reflect to us God's love. As I read these words, I want you to picture God and his love for you because everything that Paul writes about love could be said about God for you. It's describing God's love on your behalf. But I think it also describes the love which we reflect. Uh, It describes the love by which we love others. And it, it shows us what that love will look like in the lives of our friends and our families, our coworkers. And our neighbors. So picture God's love for you and then take that love and apply it to your situation. And I'm going to read these words uh, describing that love and I'm going to end with them today. God says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. In Jesus' name, amen.